Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome, guys. This week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host Tony Evans. Uh, this week is a little bit of a sort of sidetrack from what we normally do. We know we pick an album, we pick a genre, whatever we normally do here. But this today, I thought we'd have a chat. I have talked about this before on the show um, uh, in passing. The issues with modern product in re. Um, Get, i.e. sorry re i.e. getting um getting your copies of your new albums that you want on vinyl um or you know or even any hard media these days anyway but well, mainly vinyl because uh, i it sort of come to my to me more as a personal thing because um i've ordered some albums um pre-ordered maybe about two years ago uh, meant to be released and meant it were released a year ago now. I meant to get a, a hard copy of them, um, pretty soon. Like when, back in January, what is it now? It's it's August almost, and um, well, when this goes out, it will be August, I think. Um, we don't have I don't have my copies yet. Now I've contacted um, the record label and the band. It's not the band issue; it's the record label. Not even really, not even record labels issue. It turns out um, having trouble with the pressing plants. Well. That we made this maybe think I'm going to do some research into this, and um, what did I? I sort of come across some very interesting information. Uh, now, bear with me. I might go back and forth um, because when I made the notes for this last night, I sort of uh, splished and splashed around the internet as you do, and uh, so um, my book notes are not in order, but so. It might not be as linear as it could be. Anyway, so right now, um, as we speak, uh, the world is returning back um, at a huge um, pace back to uh, analog media, i.e. records and tapes. Um, Now, 
why so, do you think? I've discussed this before on the show, and I truly think it's just people wanting to... Um, not, you know, I don't think it's relive the past. I think that's the wrong word. I think um, it's... And I'll quote this factor for you in a minute, which is quite interesting. It's not It's not people of my age group or or any of sort of the 40 pluses, interestingly enough, um, 65% of all vinyl bought um, in the last four years is being between is being by the 16 to 25 year olds, which I find staggering, right? Absolutely staggering. Um, now the trouble with this is, is that 30 years ago, and those of my vintage or older, cast your minds back when you were buying records, right? So let's say 35 years ago, right? A band would come out with a record and there would be none of this limited edition, you know, there would be a few interesting pressings that you would that a band would put out just to promote you know, the single, like you get maybe a picture disc, you might get a coloured vinyl if you were... I mean, punk basically sort of really sort of engineered that sort of day-glowness of music. Um, but it was very few and far between. And so, you know, say the sailor like Iron Maiden released Number of the Beast. It would release... It would print on its first run maybe, I don't know, a million copies, as you say, right? And it would all be printed in different printing plants. So you'd have someone in Europe printing for European, the European market. You'd have uh, Australian print printers printing for printing for the Australian market in Japan and America and South America and so on. And so the the the, the amount of actual vinyl printed was so great that um, the cost to actually manufacture would, would come right down. Now, there was a point there, we know now, that, that some of the uh, sort of mid-90s, um, late 80s, early 90s prints are quite thin and the sound can be quite poor. That's not due to the um, amount of pressings. That's down to the... the um, cost cutting and that happens right less using less pvc and so on uh, which is what records are made of polychloride i think it isn't it uh polyvinyl chloride sorry yeah um anyway so you had this mass uh, of records being produced and and bands could make a profit on them because they would make a million um of course, the more, as anyone knows, in, in, in any kind of business, the more you make, the cheaper it is to make. You know, if you make something, one of something, and you have to put the machinery in order to make one thing, it's going to cost a lot. But if you put the machinery in order to make a million things, the price comes down exponentially, right? And that includes the printing of the cardstock for the covers, inner sleeves, labels, all that stuff. But now, um, since... And, and don't get me wrong, those hipsters out there uh, who really sort of help bring records back into our, you know, um, consciousness as, as a consumer. The trouble is, because um, 
you can't move now, honestly, guys. You can't move um, without some special edition, limited edition, only 100, 50 of these made, red, this colour, that colour. And and to the consumer, to you and I sitting here in our in our bedrooms or in our music rooms or wherever we are sitting listening to our records, this is a wonderful thing because you go, oh great, I've got like there's only fifty of these in the world. How fantastic do I feel? And I've got a lot of those. I'm not going to be deny that I have a lot of those sort of things. But to produce them um, actually costs more. Now there's a fact I read here that says that um, three hundred or to make a profit on a record, you have to print 300 or more. Now, if these if these bands are genuinely only producing 50 to 100, they're not making much profit. In fact, they're probably losing money on the product. Yes, I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking, and I'm thinking the same thing. Well, but, you know, that's okay because I make it up on the CD sales, downloads, and tour program, touring, touring and T-shirts and so on. Yes, they will, but not every band is big enough to have that kind of revenue um unfortunately and the smaller the band um the smaller the, the the less chance you are to get to a pressing plant now um according to the stats as of last year there was a hundred pressing plants in the world now there are a lot more than that but a hundred major pressing plants in the world and in nineteen in two thousand and nineteen, the predicted amount of vinyl that would be produced by twenty twenty two last year was one hundred and seventy nine million units. This was predicted. As of the beginning of this year, the world is producing four hundred and seventy five million units. Now, four hundred and seventy five million units. Um, firstly, is huge on the on the uh, upsurge, isn't it? Right. Secondly, if we are to believe that there are only a hundred major pressing plants, the issue is is that four hundred and seventy-five million pressed by a hundred. The, the, the number is mind-boggling. The thought. Um, now, this unfortunately, because these hundred major 100 pressing plants are major labels if you're in a small band would say i don't know you're going to sell a thousand of your record you want you're going to print a thousand of your record right good luck because the taylor swifts and the u2s and the cold plays of this world are going to get first pick they're going to get the major runs because firstly they're making loads of it and secondly they're big major names on big major labels now another stat that i read which was absolutely blew my mind was that 85 percent of vinyl bought last year is not played 85 no sorry 45 percent 45 percent of major of, of, of vinyl bought last year is not played 85 percent um was bought but was a different number sorry i read it wrong yeah 45 percent yeah. 45 percent. now that's crazy now i know that i am guilty of buying records i probably won't play um but that's i don't own just one of it i will buy the black vinyl print and i'll buy the red and the blue and the green and the yellow whatever 
they probably won't get played, but the black one will. Right? I'm a, I'm a collector, it's also that happens, but I'm still using my product that I do buy. It's quite on odd that people are buying them and not playing them. The 85% stat, guys, sorry, the 85% stat was um, 85% of, um, of people who bought records had listened to a streaming version first. So that's that's encouraging. I mean, I do the same. I um, sadly, it, it takes away that uh, you know that sort of what I would call the the fun of the charts, right? Remember, when we were younger guys. I'm going to do the Scooby Doo. Go back in time. We will we will wobble, we will wobble screen, right? And think back to when you're sitting in your lounge room, in front of the big old, you know, carcinogenic x-ray you know tv the big old tube there um and you're watching it and you're watching top of the pops or countdown or whatever the american equivalent of that program would be of your musical charts um maybe even with casey Kasem, i don't know i'm just picking it up and um and you watch the top top of the pops and you go oh you know you see the single by a band you never heard of and you'd go and buy the single then if you felt so inclined, you'd buy the album because you like the single now. Classic, uh, as I've talked about on the show before, the classic one is Vanilla Ice's album. That uh, it was one of the first albums where people could buy, they bought the album on on the on the premise of Ice Ice Baby, and they only ever listened to that single on a survey. They never listened to the rest of the album because it was poor. According to them, and there are Vanilla Ice fans that like it. Good luck to you. Um, but you see, but they only bought it because the single came out. Now people aren't doing that anymore. I did an episode about that, about downloading, how downloading is killing record the record industry. Uh, in the fact that the solid records and the charts, you can go back and listen to that episode. But um, I won't go back over that again. Now, the point is, the point is that so go back to where I was sort of thinking and it this huge huge number of vinyl that the world is wanting um, sadly uh, cannot be kept up with with a hundred plants now not all of those hundred plants are huge pressing plants that are knocking out I don't know a thousand ten thousand a day or a hundred thousand a day or whatever they knock out it, it would be probably in in their thousands or even in the hundreds because it's quite a long and, and, and hard process to print um, vinyl and also um, quite unfortunately uh, toxic to the environment. Um, now, again, I did more of my research into this and uh, and there was some, you know, people said, why did vinyl die? And a lot of people reckon it was because the, the accessibility of digital audio and computer and downloads now some people are saying that um, it was because of the environmental, you know, hazards that it is to produce a record. I think that's hokum. I think that's modernist looking back with greeny eyes, going, "That's why we stopped listening to music on a, in a vinyl form." No, I don't think that's the case at all. I think it was down to the fact that people wanted mobility. It was the '80s, coming into the '90s, people wanted compact. They wanted future space age and they wanted to listen to the music wherever they went and you couldn't do that with vinyl so i think that's a cassette you could do with cassettes of course but um they unfortunately had their own limitations i love cassettes but they had their own limitations as well now when it comes to the environmental aspect of it there's nothing i sort of read 
um, again, which quite surprised me, that um, the world's, uh, the world, most of the world's lacquer. So when you make a, an acetate, an acetate is the basically the stamp you stamp. They, they press the vinyl, the, the warm vinyl into to get a, a, like a positive and negative, so you get the copy of the record. To make an acetate, it's a steel um, plate. Uh, it came in with a copper, but it doesn't have the same kind of sound. And then it's coated in a lacquer. That lacquer then sets, and that's when you've got. The, then you then press your your laminate, your 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 uh, PVC into it. Now the trouble is, to make that particular lacquer is quite toxic. And now I believe I'm just going to look at my notes one second. Now, most of the PVCs was made, and I think it still is made to some extent, in one location in the world, and that was in Texas, in the US. In the US. Now, the trouble with that is that it's also um, strangely controlled by weather issues. Um, and so, if you have a strangely, in 2019, they had a, uh, sorry, 16, they had a, um, a really bad winter, and it affected the, how the polycarp, the polyvinyl chloride was produced so it there was a snap freeze and it sort of it slowed it right down not on top on top of that there was also a major fire at the apollo masters uh in uh in texas as well where the lacquer is made and so that destroyed most of the world's um lacquer content and only one small lab in uh, Japan in DC was producing after that for a couple of years and so this also then restricted how um, how we make them and it also doesn't help that doesn't help when you've got a projected of four times the amount of the world's vinyl wanting to be produced and then we're making um, we haven't got the product to make it with so it's more and more this is hap this has happened so it didn't help but there is a solution to it and this is the solution. In um, now in Denmark, there is a company called Green Records. Now they're using a different method now. So they're using recycled PVC. So old records, PVC in general, just old. They're recycling the material, and instead of making it like a like a like a, a dough and then pressing it into a mold, they're pouring it into the mold onto the mold like a like a slurry and that itself um, uses 65% less energy because to press records you've got to steam you've got to heat is a lot of energy used so this mold well, this technique they've got apparently doesn't you don't lose any um, you don't lose any of the sound quality which is you know amazing um, also, they're looking at uh, at um, a different materials to use instead of PVC because they, they're sort of thinking of the future. If this is going to happen, what can we press records on? Now, you know, of course, as well, again, is that with this new trend of, uh, of everything having different colours and different and special stuff and extra added to it and all that, we've gone to this... Amazing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm an audiophile. I think this is really fantastic. We've gone to this thing called like this um, 180 gram, 240 gram records, which are like a very heavy and weighty, which technically means that when you, you put your good needle on it and you play it, you don't get the vibration through the disc 
Um, it doesn't warp as easy. It's got more base of solid to it, you know. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze one moment. I'm coming down with this a stinking cold, which is really fun, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, so, yeah, so there are there is a solution. The other solution is to look at um, increasing the sales of audio cassettes. Um, because cassettes are great in the respect that if you want a hundred, you just order a hundred and they'll make a hundred for you at the time. You don't make them in advance and store them somewhere. You can do that. Uh, and it's much quicker and and cheaper to produce. The only problem with that is that the world hasn't caught up with, with the mechanisms yet. I've mentioned this before. You know, record players, um, because of the sort of reinsurgence since 2010, there's a lot of record players on the market still, secondhand, refurbished, brand new, of really good quality. Of course, there's a lot of shit as well, flea market stuff and things like that. Um, but the cassette, the cassette has not kept up. Um, the world's cassette um, market is driven, mechanisms are this horrible tachai, tache, um, mechanisms which are just awful. They're, they're cheap, they have... You know, terrible heads they don't have a great pinch roller system the motor itself is directly attached the belts are, uh, are not good under good tension this it's just not a good system if i i've got a beautiful um i'll say it myself if i don't say it again but i've got a beautiful um marantz 1979 i reconf i refurbed it myself um tape head, tape deck and it is just astounding and I put it on once after my friends came over and they were like is that a CD player I was like no it's my it's my cassette deck they were so impressed by the sound and it, and you do get that from cassette some people went away from cassettes because they thought the sound was poor well the reason the sound was poor and it isn't to some extent is because the mechanisms you put it through are crap the better the mechanism I mean you think about it it was only 35 40 years ago and that was when we could put cassette into a Walkman the same size of the cassette, the mechanism. Yet now we still have these huge, chunky, cheap, and God, I'm sorry to say this, Chinese mechanisms that you can go on to, if you go on to AliExpress or any of those, Wish or any of those, those, those and look at the, just order cassette decks or cassette mechanisms, they are all the same rubbish. There's some really good YouTube videos on how to pick a good record, record uh, cassette mechanism uh, and I highly recommend you having a look at a guy called Techmoan he's very very good um, I find his discussions on cassette mechanisms really interesting it informed me anyway but anyway so that's that's the, that's the way to go is that we need to make it more greener in that respect to, to make it more sustainable but where do we go with this hundred plants only and this issue with the smaller bands. Well, I'm going to go and have a break now, um, get some more tea, maybe take some cold control, and um, I'll see you on the other side. And we'll might talk about that on the other side, guys. Bye for now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode, The Pressing Issue of Vinyl. Um, I was thinking about this quite quite deeply last night, um, where we can go and what, what, how, how is this going to, how is this going to resolve itself? Now one of the big issues, there's a couple of big issues, firstly, as I mentioned before the break, you know, this, this want and need for I don't mind box sets. I don't mind putting a lot of ephemera. I just bought a fantastic Blondie Rarities box set that's four records and it's a fantastic book. It is, I'm all for that. All for that. Um, I think just need to, we need to hang back on some of this sort of specialist colory stuff and just, where it's fun, yeah, but move. If we want, if bands want to be able to produce quicker and larger amounts and, and more efficiently, maybe... Uh, and also it will bring the price down. Um, there's another issue is the pricing issue. Now, let me just quickly tell you this story, okay? this I came across this yesterday and it absolutely fl- floored me. I didn't know this. Now, this only affects the EU, so listeners in the EU. In the EU, this is just an example. And I'm sure EU, for you don't know what that is, is the European Union. Um, for those that don't know, uh, in the EU... As of December the 31st, um, 2019, 2020, sorry, um, the EU introduced a policy of requiring important important one-stop shop number, an IOSS, right? 
this for suppliers. So if someone wants to supply a record, a record label has to have its own IOSS number. What this is for is so that when they sell their products online, they can um, adequately add the right VAT or value-added tax or, or the tax for each of their countries onto the product before it's shipped to the consumer. All right? now, the trouble is every single person that has a hand in the chain of that record being going from the pressing plant to your record deck needs to have an IOSS number. Now, this takes a lot of time, a lot of bureaucracy. As you can imagine, it's the EU. It's not something done. It'll be like 19 million people um, discussing around a table, eating biscuits and, and you know, uh, um, fine cheeses and going on long lunch breaks to work out what the IOSS number should be, right? I'm exaggerating, but I'm just being, you know, bureaucracy is bureaucracy, right? And um, it's basically to stop or speed up things at border control. So when a record lands, say I'm, I'm in London and I order the new Heads for the Dead album, which is what I just ordered recently, and it comes from Germany. Now, without the IOSS number, it lands at, uh, at border control in Heathrow in, in, London, in England, London, and before I can get it, I have to pay duty on it, right? Or the, or the, or the label has to pay duty on it, the company, before it sends it to you. So it has to wrap it in some way. And so how they do that is they were charging up to, upwards to £30 um, in, in um, delivery fee to cover the VAT and the bureaucracy which is madness because sometimes that's three times what the record is actually valued at. So this is putting people off buying um, small labels products because the big labels will have all that stuff set up. So it's not an issue for them. But the smaller labels and the smaller bands, and, then, and let's be honest, I'm sure that 95% of the people listening to this right now listen to bands that are small, independent bands. Yeah, they'll listen to the Maidens and the Priests and the Metallicas, but I'm talking about the small bands, the Heads for the Deads, the Savage Masters, the, all this sort of stuff, right? Um, and so one of the big main issues is that most people buy their records, and I'm one of them, through Bandcamp. Now, Bandcamp, only, as only of last year, got themselves an IOSS number. So you can imagine the amount of um, fuss and kerfuffle and extra costs and that's why for a little while there when you went on Bandcamp if you looked at the cost of it it was like you'd pay like 14 euro for the record and then you know 35 euro postage and you think to yourself I, I honestly I, I sometimes unless I love the band I have to think twice so not only do we have you know limited pressing plants but we also now have um, bureaucracy to stop the consumer receiving their product because this to be honest this is 2023 no one really is able to walk into a record shop locally i mean i do i just bought, i buy my records always locally but i can't just go in and get all the unusual records because from small bands because they're not going to be in there they're going to be selling from their not bricks and mortar because it's cheaper for them they can control product they can control costing advertising it's easier and quicker um, it's more direct and they make more profit so therefore they sell online but when you're going to have this problem so firstly bands have to be right at the back of the queue to get the records pressed 
Secondly, they have to fight bureaucracy to get it to the consumer, right? So all the time, all this money is being taken, drawn out of their very limited earnings um, for these bands, which is not helpful, right? Um, and then, and then, so the answer is, I think, really, and I read it's a great article about this as well. One of the answers to it is to look at, um, yeah, I wrote, I wrote down a list. Okay, opening more plants. Well, that's an obvious. That's a given, isn't it? Let's open more pressing plants. Well, man, if I had, if I won the lottery, and I genuinely mean this, guys, if I won the lottery and I had millions and millions and millions of, of dollars, I probably would open a pressing plant. Yes, I would, probably would. And I would um, do it as a sort of semi-non-profit organization, right? This is probably what we need to do for smaller bands. Maybe we do need to get, like they used to do in the old days, have collective pressing plants for communal bands like the punks used to all get onto certain small labels that press themselves. Um, we need to train new younger people on how to master uh, records because at the moment it's in the hands of older artisans and the more that we get younger people doing this, the more we, jobs we get, the more plants will open and be larger and have more capacity. Um, we need to use and refurbish new old machinery. We don't need to keep making new plants. Technology for pressing records hasn't changed really in a hundred years. Um, so let's keep that pressing the same way. Don't need to keep buying and making new machinery. Let's refurb. That gives someone a small job. And then micro plants. So this have why don't why can't we have small micro pressing plants for small specialist band uh, genres even you know or bands because then they haven't got to get in line with the Taylor Swifts and the Coldplay's of this world you know the the mind-numbingly awful bland rubbish that let's be honest most of them aren't going to play they're just going to put it on their wall or in their record collection or in their collection and maybe play it they might not even have a record player to play the bloody things with so let's. I think that's. I think there's a call to arms, guys. Those that are listening out there, think this thing should. Could we do it? Could there be a collective? Could people chip in, like you know, and open one? I don't know whereabouts. I'm not sure. I mean, if you did a green version like they do in Denmark with this sort of recycled PVC, then you could do the end. Sort of. I think the the sort of the horizons are, are bright. You know. I know here in Australia, there's about four plants, and uh, they're opening a new one in Melbourne, where they were, when I was talking a couple of years ago. Um, and that's going to be better for local market as well, because it can produce stuff here. Like I said earlier in the show, it's not all produced in one place and sent around the world like it is at the moment. The old days, it was produced in the countries where you bought them, and other, unless they were imports. Right? And imports were only sort of one-offs or special specialist sort of um, product. Sorry. Um, I think someone made a great quote here. I, I, I said, making up for lost time is causing the issue. Uh, record Store Day is another one of the main issues. Now, I love Record Store Day. I really, really do. Um, it's it's one of the things I look forward to the most in the year, really. It's like my Christmas day. Um, I enjoy the 
the build-up, the research was going to be on sale. I enjoyed going there with my mates John and 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 and, and Benji and people like that, and just and just queuing and chatting and being in amongst like-minded people, trying to get your hands on some really you know limited edition, unusual prints. Now, <clears throat> that's brilliant um, for us collectors, but but there is an issue here. That is that how many more copies uh, of like Elton John outtakes do we actually need? You know, and, and and that was just a quote I read somewhere about Record Store Day. Now the trouble with that is, is that where they're coming from is is this: hundred plants at this moment, as I said, con- conservatively producing as much vinyl as it can produce. Now tr- Record Store Day is so large, is so popular that. To make them, the mechanisms and the, um, and to make product for that alone um, would slow down major plants releasing bands product because they're making you know a shaped picture disc of Roger Daltrey's Ride a Rock Horse or the Who's Who by, you know Who by Numbers Blue Vinyl. Fun that they are. Um, you know, I'm not going to be hypocrite because I bloody love that stuff. But I see where they're coming from. Um, it, it, the, and as I said at the beginning of the show, it's a lot of this need to be novel to sell a record when they don't need it anymore. We've proved the point. 400 and odd, 100 million copies of, of, of records produced by the end of this year. Is not, they're not all novelty, are they? Um, so we don't need the novelty factor to keep the consumer buying. We need lower-priced good quality, um, easy to access product. And then things will knock on, won't they? There'll be knock on effect because you'll op- you'll start opening record shops again where they started closing only a decade or so ago. Um, people will um, have jobs, delivery people, packing people, packing plants, pressing plants. You know, it's a knock on effect, isn't it? Anyway. I feel like I've been on my soapbox a bit much for this one this week. I didn't. I'm, I'm very passionate about the idea that we are. You know, we're going to get to a point where bands are going to say enough's enough. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, or just go back to putting it on CD. <clears throat> Sorry, this cold is starting to hit hard. I'm going to put it on CD, or I'm going to put it back on onto cassette, um, which is cheaper and easier to do and do it on demand. I mean, I, I'm. It's, you know, you still get the errors. I, I ordered, um, when Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast came out um, on its 40th anniversary, it came on the 18th of March, which is my birthday, by the way, um, a couple of years ago. And it was they did a cassette and vinyl and picture disc. And I ordered the cassette at first because the, rec- the vinyl hadn't been released yet, the special edition. And um, it arrived dutifully from, from Europe, and one side was completely blank. Which was, you know, a bit annoying when I sat there to listen to it on my cassette deck. Um, oh, sorry. Um, really mean to get a new cable. Uh, yeah. So I contacted the record label. And they were like, you know, I send you another one. And they sent me one watch had, which had both sides of it on. Um, so you still get your quality issues because, again... Um, I mean, I, I mean, another with vinyl. I mean, I the the I don't remember 
ever, in fact, I never remember ever buying a record back in the 80s, getting it home and it being in bad quality. Never once. I would take it out of the record sleeve. It would be flat. It would play. There'd be hardly any background noise. These days now with these new pressings, because they're coming out so quickly and so rapidly from a small selection of plants, they're not being quality controlled. I have um, one or two from record store data ever so slightly warped. I have um, the background noise on my print of um, Judas Priest's uh, um, uh, British Steel that I got recently, just a new copy because I don't want to keep playing my old one. You know, even though I use a record cleaner, I really thoroughly look after my records and I know what I'm doing with them. The background noise on that record, it was terrible compared to my original print. And it almost like the, 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 the groove is filled still with slightly with a, a, a micro dust. Like it's, you, you take them out of the sleeve and because they've already got little bits of micro bits of vinyl on them that haven't been finished properly, when you pull them out, it can scratch the surface of the vinyl. Uh, I mean, the old days, they would before it was sent, they were cleaned. Um, I just don't think that, that is the case anymore. I think they're quickly wiped over and put into the sleeve and sent off. I don't think they're, they're cleaned like they used to be. I could be wrong, um, and it might be only certain plants that are, are causing issues, but the quality, again, for something I'm paying upwards to $70 Australian, which is about £30 UK um, for a record, you know, that's a, now for me, it's not much for me. I don't see the issue with the value of the dollar for that. I see beyond what it costs me, but there are people out there with only pennies in their pockets that really want to be involved in the, in the, in the vinyl, um, revolution, a return should say. Um, and they can't afford it. Now they go buy secondhand records and most of them in bad condition, which are overpriced because people go on discogs and see that it's worth $300 and think that's exactly what it's worth. And it's a load of hokum. Um, that's another, that's another story, another episode, another moan of mine, but where I'm coming from, I'm going to, I'm going to finish up soon guys, cause I'm not feeling that great. Um, is that we need to, the down the, the gist of this conversation is is that the world's want for vinyl and it's want for audio uh, analog audio that warmth you get from it the feeling you get with it that sense of satisfaction looking at the sleeve taking the record out being with the music they want that but they can't keep up with it um, sadly, and we can't keep up with it. Sadly, as as a consumer, we are, and you know, and uh, there's only two people missing out. Um, really, two is the band and the consumer. The record, the record labels, to some extent, um, uh, are missing. But let's be honest, they've got their money. They'll get their money from orders. They'll 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 get their money from the band um, to produce it and the, and the deals that they do. But the bands themselves. Most of them feel terrible when a product doesn't go out properly because they don't want their product or their name on something that isn't being released correctly. And the consumer will just get burnt. They'll just be like, I'm not bothered with this anymore. And so they'll look for, they might still buy records, but they won't buy the latest one. They will go onto Amazon and buy it from last year or the year before. They won't go to Bandcamp, to these smaller bands, because... They know that they get the metallic album with anywhere they want with their eyes closed. They can get Iron Maiden albums with no worry. They can get, you know, Coldplay and Taylor Swift and all these people, no issue. 
but the small independent underground bands are really struggling because no one's buying CDs anymore. So well, they can't produce it on CD. Down because it won't sell any. The downloads are worth a fraction of two nothings of fuck all. So to them, right? So the only way that they can get their music into people's houses and onto their stereos and into their zeitgeist and into their minds is via vinyl these days. And so they're losing out. And they they have to have more and more crazy um, uh, uh, packaging and, and, and colours and oddness for the consumer to even consider paying the big numbers to get it to their doors. And then even then, like me, they miss out. They're two years still waiting for a record. Now, I know that it's not the band's fault. I know it's not really the label's fault. I know it's the pressing plant issues and it's the uh, the the world's need and want for the product. But at the same time, it still doesn't stop me being a bit cranky because I really just want the, latest, the, the new Heads for the Dead album, right? It's it's a crack of an album. I highly recommend it. I did, I did a review of it back in my a few about maybe ten or fifteen shows ago. Pop back and have a listen. Um, brilliant, brilliant album. Brilliant, brilliant band. Um, yeah. So that's it, really. That's that's the that's the pressing issue of vinyl today, is that we can't keep up with it. If anyone's got any um, any ideas of what can be done to to fix this or you know or to help fix this issue let me know if is anyone out there working in a present plant does anyone out there want to you know open a collective like a a communal pressing plant i think that'd be amazing i don't know what the what the safety issues would be on that but i can't imagine there'd be you know a huge amounts of money to open up to to get the machinery there'd be i mean at one point there were thousands and thousands of pressing plants all around the world, so the machinery must be somewhere. It can't all be scrapped. Anyway, anyway, that's me for this week. Please do like, subscribe, uh, leave a review. Um, thank you for listening the last couple of weeks with Lamb Eyes on Broadway. I got some really fantastic feedback. It meant a lot to me. It means a lot to me that you keep listening. It means a lot to me that I can still do it, even though my throat feels like it's going to be ripped out of my neck at the moment. I'm that sore. Um, but the show must go on, people. The show must go on. Um, yeah, the I just really, really, really appreciate everyone that listens. I look at the numbers on a daily basis, and you know, you get crazy things like I'm number twenty in Nepal. I was at one point. I mean, um, the Nepalese love me. What a strange thing. I love it, guys. Thank you very much. Um, the more the merrier and also you know thank you guys that come and um, watch my little TikToks on a Saturday morning that I do uh, to promote that it coming week's show my lovely wife films it for me it's all off the cuff um, and I love doing it it's something I look forward to doing as long as I, as long as I do with the shows as well I love looking I love the updating my Facebook page um, as yet I haven't got an Instagram because I just don't understand Instagram anyway I'm sure that's harming me I don't know and I'm not doing Twitter because it I always find those places very unusual and odd. But anyway, come back to come to my Facebook page, have a chat, leave me some messages, um, leave me some reviews, people, please, on the uh, Spotify's and the iTunes. You can go to the top of the button there on the on your phone on i on Spotify where it says your little star, click on it, and you can 
give me a star review. One to five, I don't really mind. Any interaction's great. Um, anyway, talk to you soon next week, guys. If you are going to put a record on today, have fun. I know I'm going to do that next. The next thing I'm doing when I stop recording here is go down to my record collection, pull one out, put it on, and uh, be with it. Anyway, catch you next week, guys. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.